Blow and the Doctor. Hey Who fans, welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. This is episode 13. Yay! Hope you guys have been okay. Apologies for me not being around for the last few weeks. Uh, I've been really busy work-wise. And then I got really sick, so sorry about that. Not nice. All bunged up, gurgly. Uh, So I'm still not 100%, um, so I might sound a little bit coldy and stuff. But um, yeah, bear with me, we should be cool. Hope you guys have been enjoying um, Series 8 so far. Mr Capaldi has been very cool. I've got a review of Time Heist coming up later on after we've reviewed uh, some of the news and stuff like that. So let's get into it. So, as I said, I hope you guys have all been fine and well and you're enjoying uh, Doctor Who on our TV screens once again. I don't know about you, but I'm really enjoying Mr Capaldi. Wow, really enjoying his uh, his mannerisms already, really settling into uh, how his Doctor is going to be, and I'm really settling into his his overall vibe, if you like. Uh, it's very, very cool, which I'm sure you guys are. The reviews have been, well, I think all of them have been really positive for um, Mr Capaldi. So uh, whatever you're doing good, sir, continue to do so. Continue to uh, give us a very, very good Doctor. And I really like the... Um, like the way he fuses some of the classic era stuff in with a very modern uh, Doctor. He's got a very, he's kind of an old soul, you know what I mean? He's got a very um, a very mature, experienced, knowledgeable, wise kind of feel about him. But he's also got this um, this kind of Tom Bakery, Patrick Troughton-y kind of weird uh, vibe about him sometimes as well, which I'm really liking. So, uh, so yeah, really enjoying Doctor at the moment. Uh, but let's get into the news. First up, we have uh, a couple of uh, box sets being released by the BBC. Um, there is a box set, which is the David Tennant um, special uh, stuff, uh, which has been, I think it's been around in the US for hmm, maybe a year or so now, or just under a year. And essentially, it's just all of the all of the episodes that David Tennant has been in, in one set, in a nice big box, nice packaging and all that kind of stuff. And... Um, yeah, it's already been... So this is the DVD. There's no Blu-ray because, um, for the most part, David Tennant's um, uh, era, I think for the first... I think his, I think series two to th- two to four, two, three, four, they, I think some of them were done in high def, but they were certainly released uh, initially just on DVD in standard definition. And um, it was only the... Uh, the the specials, you know, he did those four specials after series four. Uh, they were released on Blu-ray. I've got that. That's that's very cool, and they look pretty good in in HD. But um, there was a box set released recently. Well, I say recently, there was a box set released uh, last year, which is every um, series of Doctor Who, I believe. I think it's one through to seven, or one through to six, all on Blu-ray. Um, but don't let don't be fooled by by the Blu-ray high def badge on the first four. Uh, series of that because they're just upscaled versions so it's with this one they haven't gone down that road i think it's just a release to say 
you know, it's been out in the US for a while, so you you know the UK guys can get that. Uh, so yeah, every um, every episode that David Tennant has done, um, and the four specials, plus it's got some extras on there and other bits and pieces. Uh, it looks quite cool. Um, if somebody asked me the other day, you know, would I be getting this, and you know what I felt about it, and it does look very good. It does look good. The only thing is, if you've been collecting uh, the box sets of DVDs, you know, over the years. There really isn't any advantage to you to you buying this, other than it's just if you're if you're a massive David Tennant Doctor Who fan, you really love his era. And don't get me wrong, like I've said before, uh, David Tennant is my Doctor. However, I'm not going to part with you know cash to buy this box set because I already own them in separate box sets, and I'm not going to go out and buy the big Blu-ray box set because the first four series of that you know they're all just upscaled anyway, so they're not going to look true. Hey, I mean they're they look okay. I've seen a few of them. They look okay, um, but they just upscale. Um, however, if you're really, if you've recently got into Doctor Who and you really like the David Tennant era, then this might be a purchase for you. This has got everything there that you would, everything for the discerning Tennant fan. <laughs> if you if you've not been if you've not been collecting you know the DVDs or you've maybe just got the odd one or two, and you want to start, this might be an option for you. Um, however. Yeah, I, if you want to start collecting Doctor Who DVDs and all the series and stuff like that, I would strongly recommend just buying each individual box set uh, because they are pretty cheap nowadays. You can pick up, certainly Series 1, you can pick, I think I saw that for £12 somewhere, or even £10 somewhere. I think it was in HMV months ago. Um, and even if you shop around online, you can certainly get the first five, the first five series of, of Doctor Who um, pretty cheap on DVD. So if you're going to start getting into that and collecting for yourself, then do that. Um, unless you're a massive, massive tenant fan, then get this. Whatever you want. I'm not here to judge, not here to tell you what to do, but I wouldn't. But you can. Move, <laughs> moving on. The next box set that's available is, um, which is a high-def Blu-ray box set, is this Matt Smith. The Matt Smith Blu-ray box set. Um which is going to be released in the US. Uh, in, uh, sorry, the David Tennant box set, by the way, is available now. Uh, you can go onto the BBC Shop website and grab that in the UK. And I believe the guys over in the US, you've, you can still get that your end anyway. Uh, so this new Matt Smith one, uh, this is all of Matt Smith, in the same, the same uh, kind of ilk with the Tennant one, the Matt Smith one is the same deal. You get all of his um, uh, episodes from the series, every series that he did, plus you get the specials, you know, like the Christmas ones and and all that kind of stuff. And there's extra features. Um, I think they've put some stuff on there like the proms, um, some other bits and pieces. But this is the Blu-ray set, so this is high def. And I know that from the Matt Smith era, from Series 5 um, onwards, that is in true HD. So the BBC, they started filming everything uh, in um, in HD, so that is a proper a high def picture. And uh, my same feelings apply to this as I did for the Tenant one. If you're really into this stuff and you really like your Matt Smith era and you haven't got any there, this might be an option for you. Um, it kind of makes Chris Eccleston feel a bit lonely out on his own, don't you feel? Because if you were to pick up the Tenant box set and this new Matt Smith box set, that's great. You've got, you know, pretty much, you know, since Who came back in 2005, you've pretty much got everything there in one shot. But you've got just Eccleston out on his own with one, with one series. Um, but as I said, you can pick that up really cheap now, so it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, 
so yeah, so the Matt Smith box set, every episode that he's done, every series, blah, 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 blah. That is out on November the 4th uh, over in the US. And I imagine in the UK, that'll be available in probably 2016, I would say. It's probably going to be over there, over at you guys in the US. are probably going to enjoy that for about a year, maybe a bit longer. Um, and then we'll, they'll release it over here. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing because the same thing happened with an adventure in space and time where you know it was filmed in hd in the uk uh, or yeah i'm not sure if it was a a wales thing uh, bbc wales like they do with the series but it was all done here in the uk a a, a proper british show um done you know taxpayers money all that stuff and then they didn't release it here in high def. Now, I'm not bitching. I'm not moaning. Don't get me wrong. But it seems to be that that's the way to do things at the moment, according to the BBC, where, you know, we're going to hype up all of this stuff here for the UK fans. We're going to get you all involved. You can come and do the Doctor Who experience. We'll let you come and take photos and get autographs when they're filming out in Cardiff and all that stuff. You know, and we're going to take your money, the BBC. We're going to take your license fee and all that stuff. And then when it comes to releasing the media, you can't have it. But we can release it in the US though. How about that? Anyway, I'm not moaning. I'm not bitching. Main reason I'm not moaning is because I own these box sets already. So I'm not going to be purchasing these. But, you know, if you're in the US and you're a Matt Smith fan and you haven't got any of the Doctor Who stuff yet, go and pick it up. And when it does arrive in the UK, same deal applies. So there, two box sets, um, one in the UK, one in the US. I'll leave it up to you whether you get them or not. Let me know if um, if you're interested. Just fire me a tweet uh, at Big Blue Box Pcast. Just let me know if you're going to be picking these up, or if you feel that they're a good thing, or if they're not a good thing. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news: um, we've got some casting confirmations for the Christmas special. Uh, so the um, before I move on to the casting uh, confirmations, the um, I think it's all but done deal that uh, this is going to go live on Christmas Day. Go live? That's not the right term. Nothing's going to go live on Christmas Day. This is going to be broadcast on Christmas Day for us, which I absolutely love. Although some of the Christmas specials over the years haven't been uh, haven't been amazing, haven't been the most amazing Doctor Who shows that we've seen, um, there is still something really, really nice about it being really dark and cold outside. You're indoors, cup of tea, blanket over, Doctor Who on the TV. There's something very cool about that. So that that's going to be um, so that's it's pretty much confirmed unofficially that it is going to air on it is going to broadcast on Christmas Day. But um, until that's officially confirmed, that's kind of 99% true. But yeah, it'll be out on Christmas Day. Uh, so yeah, casting uh, Michael Troughton. Uh, it's kind of getting back into acting now. Uh, those of you uh, not in the know, Michael Troughton is the son of. Um, uh, to Patrick Troughton and he's kind of stepped away from the cameras for a while but now he's getting back into it so what better way to get back into it than you know jumping on uh, jumping on who so that he's going to be in that uh, we've got Coronation Street's Natalie Gamid she's going to be in it uh, Faye Marseille and Nathan McMullen those guys are in it but most cool most cool of all is uh, Mr Nick Frost is making an appearance Nick Frost obviously um, kind of the the other half to the comedy duo uh, from things like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, 
Paul and all that kind of stuff. Um, he's always knocking around with Simon Pegg. Those two have wrote some of the best British comedy over the years. And he's a fabulous actor as well. Uh, you might have, you, you've probably seen him in, in movies mainly um, uh, with uh, Simon Pegg, but he's a really, really good um, drama um, actor as well. He's not just a funny man. He really is a, a great actor and he's been in some other cool stuff, kind of more smaller indie type of stuff. And uh, he's really, really good. So I'm really looking forward to him in this episode. I love Nick Frost. He's very, very... Don't get me wrong, he is predominantly a funny guy. He's a, he's a comedy actor, you know, first and foremost. But I'm really lin- looking forward to and interested to see what he brings to Doctor Who because I'm assuming they're not going to be just... He's not there to provide comic relief. I'm assuming he's going to be there for, you know, something other than that. So Christmas special should be going out on Christmas Day. Don't see why not. And we've got some really cool people lined up for that so far. Uh, last bit of news, um, if you're into your Doctor Who soundtracks, especially from the uh, classic era, um, there's going to be another one um, from the uh, McCoy era, which is Ghost Light, and that is going out on vinyl, which is very, very cool. Um, those of you that follow me outside of this podcast uh, will know that um, on my own personal blog um, and on my own personal Twitter, you would have seen that Uh, over the last couple of months I myself have uh, recently got into vinyl I picked up a new uh, turntable recently and um, yeah I just absolutely love vinyl and I'm I'm really into um, movie soundtracks as well uh, on vinyl they just sound just awesome and I have picked up one of the Doctor Who soundtracks as well Uh, those of you who um, know of a company called Silver Screen Records um, you can uh, hit those guys up on Twitter or jump over to the website. They do a lot of Doctor Who uh, soundtracks and stuff. And uh, interesting story, I went onto their website uh, after I picked up my turntable just to see what what they had in terms of Doctor Who. And they had the first two uh, the first two uh, series of Doctor Who um, on vinyl, which I thought was really cool. And um, I was on the site and it said, right, there's only... Um, there's only one left in stock and blah, blah, blah. But it turns out that this has actually been in stock for over a year and they hadn't removed one of the dates on the website. So it did say something about August. Um, it was um, up for uh, pre-order was in August or something and there was only one left in stock. But it turns out that was last year that you could pre-order it. Uh, so anyway, I, I nabbed the last one. Uh, so I tweeted those guys and I was like, look, I want to order this, but you know, I just want to make sure you've got one left in stock. Um, Because it says, you know, there's a, you know, the pre-orders are pretty much sold out sort of thing. And they said, yeah, we've got one left. You can have it. So that was, that was great. Those guys are really good. Really good customer service from those guys. Um, They, uh, they, you know, they, they tweeted me back really quickly. Um, They, they let me know that when it was being dispatched, they they dispatched it really quickly as well. Um, They sent it out within, I must have ordered it literally, uh, lunchtime around 12 o'clock and by half 12 I had a, a dispatch uh, confirmation so those guys are really good just give them a search Silver Screen Records they just do Doctor Who they do all sorts of different uh, soundtracks and movie themes and that kind of stuff but I'm really glad to see um, more soundtracks coming to vinyl and especially Doctor Who and so this is for the um, for the, the story Ghostlight from Sylvester McCoy and um, just to give you a quick rundown uh, the kind of 
uh, statement that they've released. Uh, so this is a newly remastered uh, release that presents the, sco- the score in the story order and is compiled from new transfers of the original analog stereo master tapes. Uh, so consecutive, conse- consecutive cues uh, have been combined into longer tracks. So it's a particular delight to hear the music on vinyl. It was some of the last work I mixed to analog uh, quarter-inch tape before digital took over and suits the medium really well. Uh, it also allows me to dedicate a side to each episode, keeping the cliffhangers and reprises intact. Plus the original demo version of episode one is on side four. So basically what they're saying there is they've combined some of the tracks together so that because this is a four-part story, it enables you to, when you've put like side A down, um, everything you listen to on side A is all, you know, episode one, start to finish and so on. So that's very cool. Um, and that's going to be out in October. Uh, so if you jump over to the Silver Screen Record, if this sounds like your cup of tea, on the 13th of October, you'll be able to, um, to order that. And I can guarantee it will sound amazing on vinyl. Um, some of the vinyl that I've picked up, um, which was from um, the like analog, um, before digital was like the main way of mixing down uh, music to be released. Um, if, you found, if you find any... Um, uh, soundtracks on vinyl that were done in analog they sound so good honestly i'm not they sound so good on vinyl and you can also i think you can pick up um you can get the caves of androzani from silver screen on vinyl as well and that sounds awesome so even though these soundtracks they've got they sound a bit kind of electronic in a way like they've got digital drums and all that kind of stuff they do sound very good um and uh, yeah, so that it's worth picking up, especially if you're into vinyl and you're into Doctor Who. This is a match made in heaven. It sounds very cool. Uh, so that is going to wrap up the news. And now let's get into our review of Time Heist. It's just a phone, Clara. Nothing happens when you answer the phone. <laughs> Doctor! Don't touch it! Where are we? How did we get here? Who are you? Sorry, what's going on? I don't understand. What is that thing? It's a memory worm. What happened to your face? Delete your memories. Did you see her face? How did I get here? The same way we all did, but we've all forgotten. And who are you? I am the Doctor, a Time Lord from Gallifrey. I've agreed to this memory wipe of my own free will. I am Clara Oswald, human. I've agreed to this memory wipe of my own free will. Do I really have to touch that worm thing? Yes, you do. And change your shoes. You're next, Cy. I'm sorry, augmented human. I have agreed to this memory wipe of my own free will. I am Sabra, mutant human. I have agreed to this memory wipe of my own free will. Time heist. Hmm. So, kind of a mixed bag on this one. Not from my point of view, I thought it was very cool. I just want to go out there first of all and say that. Um, but kind of a mixed bag from everyone overall, really. Um, it's not... Yeah, it kind of exploded on Twitter. Um, as soon as I watched it on when it when it aired on last Saturday, uh, as I usually do, just to see what the fan reaction is, I jump on Twitter, see what everyone's saying about it. And it really was a mixed bag for the first time. Uh, this series it's really been a mixed bag Um, we've had some 
we've had some some negative uh, reviews from some of them, but for the most part, um, this series and uh, Peter Capaldi and each individual episode has been, for the most part, reviewed very, very well. And people seem to be liking the show uh, thus far. But this one was the one for me that kind of really split people down the middle. I saw a lot of tweets with people saying, you know, this is the first clangor of this series and you know we hope that this is the only you know I saw tweets saying you know let's hope this is the only uh bad episode in this series and lots of of people not just not really feeling this one and um yeah it's I'm, for, for me I mean just just before we get into the details about it I I thought it was quite cool you know I didn't have a massive problem with it I the, what I mean by that is sometimes with certain episodes, all it takes is one thing to spoil it, or all it takes is one person or one huge kind of plot hole to to kind of ruin the story. And I didn't really feel that with this one. It was it was strange because I didn't like I said, I didn't really have a big problem with it, and there was nothing within the episode really that 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 kind of let it down for me. Um I just think it was I just think it was I thought it was okay on every level, you know, and it's kind of, that's the only way I can describe it really, because with other episodes from previous Doctors, um, you can see that, you know, there's, you know, the Doctor was fantastic and that was good, but, you know, the monster was just terrible and that was bad. And so there wasn't anything like that. There wasn't any one thing that kind of brought me down and made me, you know, think, oh my God, this is terrible. It was all it was all to an acceptable level is the only way I can kind of describe it. So the story overall, um, I think it is blindingly obvious from very early on that uh, the Doctor was the architect. Um, I thought, you know, if you if you had to wait until the end to be told that, then yeah, maybe have your Weetabix in the morning. Um, so I thought, you know, a lot of people did say that as well. It's, it was very obvious very early on. And I'm not sure if that was an ob- an intentional thing by the writers. I think uh, I think sometimes uh, writers uh, can have a habit of not really giving uh, Doctor Who fans, you know, much credit. Um, you know, not much the same way that they can go right the other way sometimes. Some of the Stephen Moffat uh, episodes from a couple of years ago, are just crazy timey-wimey and you really have to concentrate uh, on what's going on to get it. Um, whereas sometimes they go the other way and they kind of, they like to draw you a map, if you like, you know, draw you a picture of what's going on. And I think that's what's happened here. It was very much a, very much a, a situation of, you know, this is, this is the story, this is the setup and we're going to, you know, we're going to hold your hand all the way through it. And I, that was, that was, that was okay for me. It was an enjoyable episode from that perspective. So, you know, the story, you know, and the whole thing about answering the telephone and, you know, the doctor speaking, you know, at the beginning and you hear them all, you know, taking on the challenge, if you like, and, and all that kind of stuff. That was okay. It was kind of obvious. It was kind of, you know, very simplistic the way they set the story up. Um, and then as the story progressed, you kind of, you kind of knew what was coming. You kind of knew what was around the corner, um, which didn't make it any less enjoyable. Um, but I just think that they tried to, they tried to incorporate a twist towards the end, which didn't really come because you already knew it was there. So right at the end, when you knew that the Doctor had had set the whole thing up because it was, 
it was uh, Cara Braxos that was, you know, phoning her um, at the end. Um, you kind of knew that as soon as you saw her. As soon as you, you know, when you, you knew it was the Doctor who set the whole thing up anyway. You saw that coming. And then near the end when, uh, when Miss Dale Fox was, was leaving, I, I thought that they made it overly obvious that the Doctor wanted her to call him. You know, he kept, they, they kind of strung that bit out, you know, unnecessarily, I thought, so that the viewers knew that it was going to be her asking him to do this. So the whole, you know, that's in a nutshell, the story was very simplistic, very predictable, but it didn't really make it any less enjoyable for me. I thought it was quite cool. Um, before I get on to the Doctor and Clara, I thought the support cast were quite cool. Sai um, and Sabra, I thought they were, I thought they were quite cool. They were... They weren't quite rebel enough for me. Um, I thought that they were going to be, uh, I thought they were going to be a bit more, a bit tougher, a bit more of a, um, what's the word? A bit more, a bit more, you know, fire in their bellies, you know. I thought they were going to be the, the ones that were going to cause a bit more trouble uh, uh, for Miss Dale Fox and... It was okay though. They 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 were quite cool, and I like the I like the chemistry between those and the Doctor as well. I thought they that worked quite well, uh, and their characters overall. Yeah, they were. I'm 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 hoping that we'll get around to see those again in the future. There was a point where this episode did prove me wrong, however. There's um in the episode where um, when we lose the two of them, I thought that they died. Well, well not died, but I thought that they had been transported and we wouldn't see them again. And I thought that they would pop up at the end um, in a garden somewhere with Missy. Because I kind of had this thing, well, is this going to be another one where, you know, people who have vanished, you know, while being involved with the Doctor, you know, they seem to end up with Missy in this um, promised land or netherworld, whatever you want to call it. So I thought that was going to happen. But they proved me wrong. We didn't see that. They actually turned up, you know, at the end. And that was quite cool. So uh, those guys were pretty good. The... The monster, if you can call it a monster, uh, the teller. Uh, I thought this was, again, I just thought this was a bit predictable. I thought this was a little bit, uh, just, I thought this guy, this monster, this teller, I thought that he was just used as a plot device. You know, they didn't really, we didn't really get to know much about, you know, this, this creature as a, you know, other than, it turns out he's just been pining for his missus the whole time. But, you know, we didn't really find out much about this creature, their race, you know, anything at all. It was just there to serve certain scenes within the episode, really. And he looked okay. Looked pretty good as far as Doctor Who monsters go. The makeup's normally pretty good these days. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of... I, I found it a bit disappointing at the beginning where Dr. Clara and Sai and Sabra are in the are in the bank already and the teller's walking through and he's kind of trying to detect guilt if you like um in this whole crowd of people and i found that a bit disappointing because he seemed to target one guy out of a huge crowd of people um however the four people in that room you know absolutely dripping guilt out of their out of their cells you know, which is the Doctor, Clara, Sai and Sabra, all standing together as a massive collective of guilt 
and the teller just doesn't pick up on any of it whatsoever. I found I found that a little bit um, a little bit me, but again, nothing that really took me away from the episode in terms of enjoyment. Uh, moving on to Clara, again, I thought Clara was really good. She's been very very good this series. Um, I spoke about this on the very first uh, the very first review that I did um, of uh, series uh, episode one, Deep Breath. Um, uh, we we spoke about how good Clara was, and she hasn't disappointed really throughout this entire series so far. She's been she's been very she's she's hit all the right beats, if you like. She's very um she's very direct. Uh, she's very um, she's very good at interacting with Peter Capaldi and the Doctor in terms of characters. It's very very good. The only one episode that she wasn't at her best, I don't think, was Robot of Sherwood. But then, you know, there wasn't anything particularly bad about her. She was just not, it just wasn't a very strong performance. And maybe that's not her fault. I thought the script was a bit weak for her in that episode. However, for the most part, uh, very, very good. And this one, you know, just continued that really. So Clara, really, really, really good. The voice of reason, again, for the Doctor. Um, and kind of the doing her companion bit which is important because mostly we've seen however there is I'm going to come on to this in a second but you know for the most part we've seen uh, Clara kind of dip in and out of this companion role if you like the typical uh, role of the companion but I think at the moment she really is playing that part well because now this is a kind of rebooted doctor and a re you know a re a, a proper regeneration of this of this character you know her role has had to adjust slightly for that and she she's really taken on that companion role in her stride um, but there is one thing that I'm hoping that they don't do too often which is I've kind of seen in every episode so far and that is relying on Clara to kind of save the day indirectly and what I mean by that is in the first episode you can kind of forgive it and possibly even the second one as well, because as we know from previous regeneration episodes and regeneration stories, especially the first one, the Doctor is very disorientated and very... He doesn't really know what's going on. He's all over the place. And it really is down to the people around him to, you know, to steer him in the right direction, to get him back up and running ASAP. And, you know, Clara really had to take the reins in deep breath and kind of save the day. And almost to an extent... Uh, in in episode two, she kind of did the same, and it seems to be in each episode now. The Doctor's got to a point where he's kind of stuck a little bit, or he's about to do something that could potentially be, you know, damaging. And it's Clara that's been, you know, stepping in to save the day, and that that's cool. I don't mind that. Um, and like I said earlier, she's kind of been the voice of reason um, for the most part, and um. Yeah, I just, I don't want it to be every episode. Um, it's a case of, you know, the Doctor saves the day up to a point, is about to make a mistake, Clara jumps in and saves the day, and now the Doctor, you know, goes on and does the right thing. I kind of would like it now that the, I would kind of like that transition that the Doctor is now going to really, you know, be the guy to, to handle business and, and save the day. And, you know, I, I, not every episode... You know, it just seems to me at the moment that Clara is the one that's, 
that's making all the right decisions at the right time. And, you know, it kind of, you know, you know, the doctor, you know, he's, we're in episode, um, was episode four, five now. And he should be, you know, he should be, you know, handling stuff now. So Clara, like I said, really, really cool. I really like how, how her characters progressed, um, in this series. Uh, slightly different to how she's been previously and I really like her chemistry um, uh, Jenna Coleman's chemistry of Peter Capaldi which leads us nicely on to uh, Mr Capaldi and another cracking episode from him I'm gonna I'm gonna put some chips on the table now and I'm gonna say that I don't think we're gonna have a bad episode from him I really don't there has been there's been a few episodes in the past where um where he's been, sorry, we've had a few doctors in the past where some of their episodes have been not their strongest, really. I mean, overall, I think Doctor Who has been cast very, very well. You know, it's one of the few shows where the leading person uh, has been cast pretty much spot on, you know, successfully um, since it came back. And, you know, I'm not going to comment on previous doctors from the classic era, but, you know, um, Eccleston, Tennant, Smith and now Capaldi have all been just brilliant. However, those previous doctors, they have had episodes where they've not quite hit the mark or due to some other, you know, thing going on within the episode, they haven't quite connected and they haven't quite got there. With Mr. Capaldi so far um, in series eight, I haven't seen that so far. Um, There's been like the odd little bits, tiny little bits where I think, "Mm, okay, you know, but for the most part, he's just been fantastic. And I, you know, it's one of those things where it was hyped up for, you know, so much before Deep Breath. And everyone was wondering, what's he going to be like, you know? And it was one of those things where just, just his look, just the way he carries himself, just the way he looks. And if you've seen him in other things as well, just the way he's just so intense and so good at what he does. You know, people were saying, you know, he's going to be a great doctor. He's, you know, he's going to be fantastic. And he hasn't disappointed. So I, you know, another great episode from him. I really like, I really like how he's, how this doctor has been written as well. He's got that perfect mix of, um, he's got that perfect mix of grumpiness, um, comedy, uh, wit, you know, he's got that guy. I mean, sometimes he can be a bit strong, you know, but I feel that that's needed right now. I think that we need something. We need that in our doctor right now. We need something that's going to be completely different to the previous doctors. And uh, he does have these little comedy bits as well, like deep, uh, like deep, deep um, emotional scene. Um, like in Time Heist, the bit where um, the teller is actually reading his mind and he's you know, and he's, he's, you know, he's saying like, you know, there's a lot of memories in here and it's quite, it's quite a gripping scene. And he comes out with these little witty one-liners, uh, such as. No, no! Let it take me! Let it beat me! Surely way! It will kill you! What have I told you about pessimism? That's it. That's it. There's so many memories in here. Feast on them. Tuck in. Big scarf. Bow 
tie, but embarrassing. What is it that you look? I was hoping for minimalism, but I think I came out with magician. <laughs> really cool, really cool stuff like that. I was going for minimalism. I think I came out with magician. Big, you know, just stuff like that. Really, really funny little quips um, in the middle of quite gripping emotional scenes, and I, I love that. And, and I think that's a good combination of how his doctor is being written and just how Peter Capaldi wants this doctor to come across. You know, he wants that, he wants that just classic who, where, you know, dangerous stuff is happening, you know, people's lives are potentially in danger, but you know that he's silently, you know that he's silently got everything in hand because he's coming out with these little comedic moments. And I really love that about Capaldi. So yeah, I thought he were, in this episode. I thought he was great once again. And uh, yeah, so time heist. Um, sorry, let's, you know, before we move on, um, Keely Hawes as Miss Del Fox, or Madame Carabraxos. I thought she was a bit underused. I thought she was a bit quiet in this. If I'm if I'm honest with you, I quite liked the scenes that she was in. She was very cool, but I thought they could have done a bit more with her, and they could have made her a bit. I'm not sure where she um, if she's going to pop up again. I'm hoping she does. I'm hoping she does uh, make another appearance. But um, I just think that they could have done a bit more with her. This this seems the episode seems a bit constrictive um, from her point of view, and because the episode was quite predictable, um, we kind of we, you know we we saw where things were going with her and, and what was going to happen. But um, but Keely uh, Keely Hawes was I thought she played it very well. She's you know that quintessential British kind of uh, uh, accent, um, kind of stiff upper lip, you know, very much, you know, head down, quite brigadierish. Um, and, you know, you saw the clone thing coming, you know, as soon as, you know, as soon as I went down into the private vault and she was sitting there, you know, it wasn't, you know, the same uh, uh, Miss Delphox from upstairs sort of thing. So, you know, you kind of saw that coming and I, and I just wish that they'd have made a bit more a bit more out of her story and her as a, as a character. But, you know, overall she was okay. And, um, yeah, I'm just maybe, you know, the same as Sai and Sabra. We'll see her pop up again somewhere. Uh, but she served, you know, she served her purpose okay for this episode. So, you know, an overall score, I guess, for the episode. I mean, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't fantastic. You know, it didn't, it didn't keep me gripped from beginning to end. There was a few times when I, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't stop watching or, or start, you know, fiddling on my phone or anything like that. It wasn't that bad, but you know, there was a, there were a couple of times when I was was flagging a little bit, and uh, you know, I just thought, you know, this is this is getting a bit predictable now. I know what's coming, but um, overall, uh, I will give this a seven, six and a half, or a seven. Six and a half. I'm going to give it a six and a half. I'm going to knock half. A, I was going to go with a seven initially, but I'm going to take half a point off because uh, I feel that they could have done a lot more uh, with Miss Delphox, Carabraxos, whatever you want to call her. I think they could have done a bit more with her. Um, so yeah, six and a half. Um, just had a tweet in from Blue Seer. Uh, at blue underscore seer, S-E-E-R. And they put, hi, me again, smiley face. Hello. Um, 
It had everything a Doctor Who episode needs, a good riddle, an obnoxious Doctor, good companion, z, s in brackets, good companions, and a happy ending. So I'd say that's a positive review there. Uh, I kind of agree with that, yes. Um, did it have everything a Doctor Who episode needs? Uh, for the most part, yes. Um, it was a decent enough riddle, I guess, if not uh, if not quite simple. Uh, great Doctor, yes, obnoxious in t- at times, which I think is needed. Good companions, yes, Clara's very good and a happy ending, uh, yes. So the teller... Uh, walking off into the distance um, in some of the worst CG backgrounds you've seen. Walking off with uh, with his mate, soulmate, companion, partner, whatever. So yes, happy ending overall. Uh, so yeah, six and a half uh, for um, Time Heist. So overall, Series 8, I uh, just want to give you guys my uh, kind of feelings and a mini review about how the series is going so far and how the and how Peter Capaldi is doing. I think overall it's been a really enjoyable series so far. Um, I think there have been a couple of times where the, the kind of predictable Stephen Moffat thing has taken over and I think his writing is... Uh, I think his writing has been really good this series, but there've just been a couple of little times where you think, oh, you know, this is, you know, typical Moffat's kind of thing. Where he where he likes to to link out to the bigger picture and kind of include things that, you know, a lot of people would would deem unnecessary and stuff like that. Um for example, um in uh, the episode Listen, where near the end where Clara uh essentially you know says that one day he'll come back to this barn and it turns out it was the war doctor and you know that kind of stuff a lot of people saying yeah that wasn't needed we didn't need to we didn't need to see that stuff and we didn't need to um to be told that you know some things are just best left to your imagination or or just not you know best left not said at all um so I, I kind of agree a little bit i think moffat sometimes does and the only thing that happens with moffat when he does that is that he can have a habit of digging himself into a plot, you know, that he's, he's, and it's, it gets to the point where you have to kind of sideways write your way out of it. You know, you can't just say, you know, in probably in another two or three series, there's going to be stuff that, you know, if, if he's still around, there's going to be stuff that he's going to write that's going to reference back to that, but it's not going to quite link correctly. So he has to introduce something else to kind of explain it and blah, blah, blah. So, most part, you know, he's done really well. The other writers have done very well. And, um, yeah, I think... And also, I've, I've not really... Um, for this episode, um, review a time heist, uh, which was um, written by uh, Stephen Thompson. Um, Stephen Moffat is credited as a co-writer on this as well. So I'm kind of wondering whether whether he's very whether he's too close to the scripts that are going through. Um, you know, because he's executive producer on all of them anyway, so he knows, you know, and as he's the showrunner, he, you know, he's got complete visibility about what's happening, but I'm just wondering whether he's a bit too close to each script 
and putting his mark uh, too firmly. And, you know, there has been a lot of talk about Stephen Moffat, whether he's, this is going to be his last series. Um, I don't think it will be. I think he's going to be around for at least one more. I think Series 9 could potentially be his last. I'm not sure because he's already gone on record to say that, you know, he's got a big chunk of stuff already put down for Series 9. So I'm not sure about that. Uh, but Series 8 so far, no real big complaints. He's done a, a decent job. Um, and Peter Capaldi has just been so good to watch. Really, really good. I haven't really had any... I've had no criticisms really of him. I have no... I've got no kind of really big standout problems that he poses as a doctor. And yeah, he's just really, really good to watch. Clara, Jenna Coleman, very, very good. She has really surprised me, actually. I've, I've, you know, everything that I was expecting to see uh, in this series, she has been the one that has, has really surprised me. I've really enjoyed watching her scenes. She's really, take, she's taken a slightly different, you know, approach to this series than than the last couple, and I, I really enjoy watching her. There has been a lot of talk, loads and loads of talk about her, you know, leaving the show, and this could be her last her last series and stuff. Please let me know if that's true. I, I haven't seen any official confirmation from the BBC or from Jenna Coleman, but please let me know if that, you know, if that's true or you've heard anything about this being her last series and so on. Uh, it would be very good if not um, really enjoying her. I understand that, you know, companions don't stick around forever, so she will be leaving us one, at one point. But uh, yeah, for the most part, really enjoyed her. And the episodes so far have mostly been okay. Um mostly been fine uh deep breath uh, i thought was very was very good um i actually thought that was the i actually thought that was the the that had some of the weakest points in it out of the series uh, so far a lot of people would say that time heists was the weakest and stuff like that but um you know i thought it's like that some of the t-rex stuff and you know just varying various bits and pieces with uh with uh, Madame Vastra and Jenny and stuff and some other bits. I actually thought that had some of the weakest elements. Don't get me wrong, the episode as a whole was very, very good and, and Capaldi was great and so on. But I thought that had some of the weakest moments. Um, but, you know, everything else to me has been great. I mean, Listen was a great episode. Really, really good. That got good reception. Robot of Sherwood, uh, that was okay. Enjoyed the banter between the Doctor and, and Robin Hood. Um and that was quite enjoyable. Uh, again, wasn't the greatest episode, but it was very, very cool. And yeah, so I mean, this episode, this series so far, really, really good. Really enjoying it. And uh, I hope to see, uh, I hope to see this continue. I think this is going to go down as one of the better um, Doctor Who series that we've had in recent years. Um, what what would say? What would be your favourite uh, series of Doctor Who? Um, going back from Chris Eccleston. You know, let me let me let me know what you guys think. Do you think that this is going to go down as like a, a an immediate classic, uh, or do you think that like possibly Matt Smith's first series was great, or David Tennant's second series, or whatever? Let me go. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, I personally feel that this is going to be an instant uh, classic. Maybe wrong word. Maybe not a classic, but it's going to be an instant favourite with a lot of people. Uh, mostly down to Peter Capaldi. And uh, yeah, so series eight, great so far. Keep doing what you're doing, Mr. Moffat and Mr. Capaldi, everyone else. Um, 
And that is going to wrap for episode 13. So thank you very much for joining me. Like I said at the beginning, apologies that you guys have not had an episode from me in a few weeks. Uh, just worky stuff and sickness stuff and all that jazz. It's kind of put the kibosh on it, but I'm back, back in the hot seat, and it's all good. Let me know what you guys think um, to series eight so far. It would be interesting to find out what your feelings are on it and what, how you feel about Mr. Capaldi and Jenna Coleman. And what, do you, what did you think about uh, Time Heist? Uh, I thought it's been a, a six and a half. I thought it was a reasonable score. Let me know if you agree or disagree. And hit me up on all the usual social channels. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter. If you just do a search for at BigBlueBoxPCast. Uh, follow me on there and just let me know your feelings on there. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash big blue box podcast. I will see you guys next time. Thank you once again for joining me. Enjoy the caretaker on Saturday. I'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll review for that. Uh, otherwise, enjoy yourselves and Alonzi.